Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. I'm Lucas with my co-host Jonathan. Jonathan, man, the Sixers aren't playing anymore. We're at the Lakers and Nuggets already had game three, and the Celtics and the Heat are about to start their game three. It's a lot going on in the playoffs, but of course, even though the Sixers still aren't in there, we're going to talk about the Sixers first, right? Yeah, I mean, they at least have some stuff to keep us in the news going right now, so might as well get yeah. to it. Yeah, so we're we're gonna talk about the Sixers offseason options a little bit more. You know, we talked about a little bit the last podcast, but we're gonna try to take a deeper dive here. So, first part of of this that we're gonna look at, Jonathan, is and I'm gonna ask you this: Should the Sixers want to keep James Harden? See, I think the answer is no, like just mm-hmm. objectively. But I don't know what we do without him. Like it, it's really stuck between like a rock and a hard place, like a catch twenty two. Because mm-hmm. if we don't have him at point guard, I don't think we have great point guard options. The free agency is not not like a great free agency uh, in terms of like recent years. So I feel like if we don't keep James Harden, we're like at a loss. But like if we could move on, like I, I would want to. How about you? It's a tricky situation. It depends on what you can get. Um, obviously, a lot of this is salary cap, as you said. If we can't get James Harden, we don't have the salary cap room to sign anybody to replace him. So if we lose him, at, at the best case scenario for the Sixers would be a sign and trade. And that does open up some options then. Maybe you look like at a team like Chicago. Maybe we could get a DeMar DeRozan, uh, Kyrie Irving. You know, Kendrick Perkins on ESPN has said that he wants to see Kyrie in Philly with Joel and Maxi. Uh-huh. And I don't know if the, on the court, you could make an argument because Kyrie is a close, yes. but off the yes. court, I don't want the headache. I don't want the headache. I don't want the drama. I don't want any of it. I don't think that's going to fly. Um, but, you know, and there are other players, too, you know, with these these new salary cap situations. Maybe, you know, maybe something pops up here. Maybe Damian Lillard. Who knows? Um, I know that's a popular name. And like he's actually starting to have a little bit of beef with the fans in Portland. So. You know, maybe he becomes available, though I don't think Philly's probably his first choice. Yeah, especially because you saw the um, postgame after Game 7 when Joel said, like, I can't win it by myself, James can't win it by myself. And uh, Dame quote tweeted, like, retweeted it and then just put, like, oh, question mark or something like that. Like, what? So, I mean, I don't think that he has love for Philly the way that Philly seems to, like, desire him. Yeah, I, I don't think Dame's a super high option. And, like, you know, you would, you would have to 
either trade James Harden, which doesn't make sense for Portland, and more likely you would have to give Tyrese Maxey. And I don't, I don't. And we'll talk about that in a minute for sure. But if you if you you kind of do want to keep James Harden, but obviously the salary is going to matter. Like if James Harden wants to come back for like twenty five to twenty to twenty five million, I'm all for that. I think that would be great. It would help the Sixers out salary cap wise, and I think that's probably what he's worth nowadays. I don't think he's a max player anymore, and I don't think you believe that either, right? No, I don't. But someone's going to pay him that. Like someone will pay him more. Houston, I think Houston, Houston, I yeah, they could pay him, but it wouldn't make sense for their timeline. But I agree. Like, the way that yeah. The way it seems that, that, like, either Harden or his camp or people are trying to, like, leverage, like, oh, Houston will pay him. Like, Windhorse says, it as if it's a matter of fact, like, I agree with you. I don't understand, like, why Houston would do that. I really don't. But, I mean, I, I do think someone's paying him more than 30, 40 million a year. I, I don't know why after seeing what recently happened, but some team out there would do it. And I don't think he's looking to give us a discount. I don't think he is either. I I think that there's a good chance that he. Th- I mean, there's. I don't. I'm not going to say good chance, but I think there's a chance that he jumps ship. Um, yeah. Where he goes, I don't know. Maybe he'll go. I mean, technically, if the say Lakers could shed enough salary cap room to go either after Kyrie or James if they wanted to, though I don't think James would would not be a great fit next to LeBron because we see what ball dominant players look like next to LeBron. Not good. Um, yeah. So, oh, well, let's talk about it. We're, we're in the James Harden hole. Let's go ahead and talk about what are realistic teams that James Harden could fit on that could somehow afford not maybe not the max way you could pay him, but close to the max. Let's let's talk about this for a second. I mean, Houston, Houston. OK, Houston. What about the Clippers? No, they don't maybe? have they're the, they're, they would have that would have to be a sign and trade, which. Okay. Look, I'm open for it depends on who I don't want Westbrook and I don't think him and Westbrook would work together again, though. He is a free agent as well. So maybe they just don't bring back Westbrook, but you need somebody that can play games and James is going to miss some games at some point during the regular season. He's not the Iron Man he used to be. So and with they and with uh, Paul George and Kawhi and by the way, we talked about this in the past. I I think the Clippers should jump ship on that while they still can and get some value for those guys. Because they're they're not able to stay healthy either, which you know could bring. I'm going to bring that back up when we talk about Tobias Harris later. Um, but no, in all seriousness, though, um, you know, I James Harden. Okay, so let's see. We got what about the Suns? If they get rid of DeAndre Aiden and Chris Paul, they have the salary cap space. Him and Durant do work together, and he wouldn't hey, be a bad man. guy. That, that that might yeah. be something. I don't think that's an ideal something. Maybe Dallas, if they lose Kyrie and can shed some salary cap space, maybe. I don't know. That Potentially, might Potentially, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I think the best option for him is Philly. Yeah, I think so, too. I think Philly's the best place. He's still going to be the third leading scorer on the team. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot because they need his play. We need his playmaking. And look, I think it's pretty clear from these playoffs and what we saw most during the regular season that James Harden is not a second scoring star. Now he won two games for us. I don't think that should be dismissed. He won two games for us without James Harden. 
we would have been probably not swept, but it might have been a five game series, right? Especially after that game one. Like I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. So, so, no, so you're right. Things have value, but we have to acknowledge that he's not going to be the guy that puts up thirty five plus points a night anymore. He can't do that. So that's why you really got to invest in Tyrese Maxey. Like, and like I said, we'll we'll do that again later. We'll talk about that again later. But I think James, his values best suited here in Philly. Does he have options if he wants to take a pay cut? Sure. But I don't. I don't know. Look, he got yeah. fired. I I think that I don't think that was a harmonious marriage to begin with. And if he gets Mike D'Antoni, then he might be happy. Who knows? Who knows? Well, let's yeah. go ahead and go to the next part here, because I know this was a hot topic on our group chat, and I've, I'm in another Sixers group chat, too, and they talked about this. Should the Sixers go in full rebuild and trade Joel and a.k.a. restart the process? Yeah, I mean, this is the Philly Sports Radio, all that keeps them going this past week, too. So, I mean, look. First, just like to clarify, I get this conversation because we have lost, as I've said, I said, we've lost the last six years. We've lost in the playoffs five of the six years. We've been in the conference finals and lost the conference semifinals and lost. And then the one before that, we were in the bubble. We got swept by Boston. So six straight years of just. Yeah. Burn burning out in the playoffs. So. And bead is like the constant Ben left. Jimmy left like. There has been turnover, but like Joel has been here throughout it all. So if that's that seems to be the narrative that like Philly Sports Radio and the group chat and people want to like talk about. But I think this conversation gets a little more interesting if James does walk. Because if James walks, I see how we're not maybe one of the top teams in the East anymore. But you can't trade the MVP. Like that's that is just mind blowing. The MVP of the whole league, you're just going to trade like and get rid of him in his prime. I get the team around him isn't great, and there's not a lot of flexibility, but that doesn't mean you give up on the like the best player. I, I don't. I imagine you feel similarly. Look, I get it in the context of his values at its, at its peak right now. You want to, If you're going to do it, you trade him at its peak, not when it's starting to devalue, right? So I, I understand that perspective. And I also understand... The whole entire point of the original process was to be able to get past the second round, which we have failed to do. And, you know, Joel has been the constant, but at the same time, we've had some epic meltdowns and some just really bad luck. Injury Injuries have been a problem in the past. Lucky bounces by one of the best playoff performers in NBA history and Kawhi. You know, that, that yeah. was also another thing. Um, then you have... Uh, unprecedented meltdown by J- uh, Ben Simmons changes in coaching staff changes in the front office like the Sixers if it wasn't for Joel you would probably say the Sixers are pretty dis uh, is is a uh, mess of a franchise but Joel has if anything you can applaud him for being a stabilizing factor in this front office well not the front office but like the franchise and trading him just because Oh, he can't deliver. Well, guess what? It's not easy to win in today's NBA, and you have to go have a lot of things go right for you. And you know what? Jason Tatum went hot at the got hot at the bright time for Boston. That's good for Jason Tatum. And I said this at, at, after last podcast: you can't have your 
if you, if you want to have real success in the playoffs, you need to have a wing that can create their own offense on a, at a mm-hmm. high level. And while Tobias is good, he's not that. Tyrese is undersized, and we saw him getting punished. James is not the same James he used to be. And even when, if he was, that James struggled in the playoffs. Joel, the like teams were basically essentially double teaming him, and our shooters weren't shooting well enough to make them pay when Joel was passing it out because like he might have had one or two games that were really bad turnovers, but for the most part, I thought Joel handled the double teams pretty darn well. So I get the conversation, but at the end of the day, no, I I don't think you trade Joel Embiid because even if you decide to trade him, you will never get fair value for him. Because we're yep. out of our own, we don't have, we barely have any of our own picks, right? We we've traded all the tradable picks that we have, and then on top of that, whoever we trade them to, and they send back picks, their picks are not going to be good enough. Unless Joel really gets injured, their picks aren't going to be good enough. Yeah, so, the winner of the winner of the trade is the team that gets the best player. Absolutely, and, and any team in a trade with Embiid gets the best player. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I don't think you restart the process. Now, if Joel's only, what, 28 right now? Now, if Joel was like 32, sure, have this conversation. But he's not. He's not even 30 yet. So, no, you don't need to have this conversation. This is a a stupid conversation to have. I'm (laughs) sad that I even had to put it on here. But before I get angry about this, let's change it to Tobias Harris because I know I've been wanting to talk about this. I'm writing about it. It's it's time. Can the Sixers realistically trade Tobias Harris this offseason? He has one more year left on his contract, thirty nine million. Can the Sixers do it, Jonathan? Yes, they can because it is one year, and that is appealing to teams. Um, and maybe they would ask for like a second round pick, a couple picks if if they want to help us offload. But I think it is much easier to. Well, obviously, it's the most easy to offload now than it has been the past couple of years because it expires at the end of next year. Yeah. I'm in the camp, though, where I don't think we trade him because Ooh. I understand that, like, he's a very expensive contract, but I think he played extremely efficient, was great defense in the playoffs, and I don't think he's the problem. And, yeah, he gets paid absurd amounts of money. But for what he's asked to do to be the fourth best player on the team, I think he's one of the best, he's probably the best fourth best player in the league, like for a team, like to be a fourth option. So I, I mean, I've been carrying the Tobias torch for a long time. I just think it's one more year. It's going to expire at the end of the year. If you're not going to get like something good back in the trade, just, just ride with it. I mean, if we're going to run it back with Harden and Embiid, if that does happen, like I don't, I don't necessarily see the need to trade Tobias, but I do think they can. How about you? I think they can too. And I've actually been looking into some trades. Um, I'm going to tease a little bit here. I'm looking at Dallas. I'm looking at the Clippers. I still need to figure out some more stuff before I write on that. But I think they can look, I mean, like you said, expiring contracts are really interesting for teams trying to offload salary. There are plenty of teams in the NBA that they have quote unquote bad contracts. Could it, let's just throw this out here. Let's just throw this out here. Timeline-wise, this kind of makes sense for the Sixers. Now, I wouldn't do this because I don't trust this player's health. But let's just say Washington decides to pivot and they trade Bradley Beal. 
you can put together Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, and, and the 20, 2029 pick. You could get uh, Bradley Beal. Now, would I do that? Yeah. I maybe I don't know. That's a tough one because like Bradley Beal's looking like he's on the decline. Yeah. But I mean, I my point being here is that yeah, realistically, you could trade him, and you could trade him for a devalued star. If if you look hard enough, now is it worth that gamble? I don't know, but yeah, I don't know. I do I do agree with you in the fact that I don't think Tobias Harris is the problem. I think Tobias Harris actually plays a really important part because you know, and Chris, you know, obviously we'll miss him. But one of the things I won't miss is how much he devalued Tobias Harris. He's overqualified for being a fourth best player on a team. He is overqualified. And the thing is, the Sixers need that overqualification because you're going to pencil in Joel to miss at least, what, like 15 to 20 games a season? You're going to pencil in James to miss about 15 to 20 games, right? So you need somebody that can step up, that can average 18 to 20 if you need them to. And who can do that, Jonathan? Tell me who on this roster can do that besides uh, Maxie. Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. Now, the only problem is, is that if you don't trade him, you're not going to, if you resign him, you're not going to resign him to the same number. You're, he's he's going to come back a lot cheaper. Oh, yeah. Oh, which, yeah. Which, which means that if you bring back, first off, you have to worry about Tyrese Maxey's extension because that's going to kick in as soon as Tobias's contract runs out. And then on top of that, whatever, you, if you decide to bring back James, you know, that makes some salary cap issues and you can't regain that lost salary cap space that you would have if you would have traded Tobias and got a longer contracts. Do you get what I'm saying there? Yeah, I do. No, I do. I, I see value in trading him. I, I just also just don't I love that. That's like, that's like, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, it's a, it was a mistake to pay him that much clearly. And as Jimmy Butler said, you chose to buy Harris over me, which we both know that's not what happened. But no, being here is that it does it 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 did shape the franchise and shaped what they did. So, like, if Tobias Harris, let's say after the season he resigns and you get him on, let's say twenty million a year, that's a good value for Tobias, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think so too. So let's go to. Our favorite guy, our little speedster, Tyrese Maxey. Jonathan, is he really untouchable for the Sixers? I think he has to be. I really do. I mean, he is—he had like a breakout year kind of this year. I mean, we saw it towards the end of last year, but he looks like he is the real deal. And I think he's 22. So, like, mm-hmm. he— he is the only real young, young piece. As we said, Embiid's 28. That's not old, but, like, who knows how many more years of his prime he has. Harden's 33. Tobias is getting up there. Like, P.J. Tucker's 38. I mean, it's crazy that our starting lineup is so old, except for Maxi. So, if they happen to do a rebuild or if we burn out next year after running it back and then they want to do a rebuild or tear it down. Like I think Maxie's the piece you got to build around, not necessarily saying he's like the, the, a, a one on a championship team, but I'm saying like, he is a very good contributing guard on a championship team. And I don't think that, especially at that young with someone who hasn't come into their own, I think he's an extremely valuable piece that you gotta, you should protect at all costs. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I mean, look, if there was like a superstar that you could get that like Dame, maybe Damian Lillard. I don't know. That's a tough one. But I mean, you have to at least consider it for like an age superstar. I think, but overall, my I agree with you in the sentiment that I prefer not to trade him. And Jonathan, before the the James Harden trade, I I was tracking the stats and um, before that trade, and I remember this that for like the the ten previous games before that trade, Maxi was averaging around six assists a game, and still getting around yeah. like 17, 18 points. And learning from a guy like James Harden, I'm sure that he could take over the point guard spot if need be. If need be, and I don't think he would do a bad job. Yeah, it's not his natural position. I agree he could, and that's the thing. That's another reason. Like, I think his versatility is is a great reason to keep him around. Mm -hmm. And he's gotten better defensively uh, after that that brief benching. He uh, he has stepped it up. I mean, obviously, he's undersized at 6'2", and he's going to get taken advantage of, but I, I, I think you keep him. And like as Stephen A. Smith, Tyrese Maxey, James, uh, Joel Embiid are the only untouchables on that team right now, in my opinion. And uh, I, I agree. I think Maxey. Look, I think he could be the point guard of the future. I think he could. He's the next guy after Joel. Twenty-two. Like that's a lot there. Unless you get a guy under thirty, they, an all-star plus, like not just an ordinary all-star, but like an above-average uh, all-star. Then maybe you consider it, and if he's under thirty, but I don't like. I said that's a tough call. So yeah, uh, last sorry, did you want to add something? Oh no, that's good. Okay, so last part here that I'm going to talk about before I hand the reins over to you is well, Doc's gone now. We talked about Sam Cassell as a potential candidate for the Sixers' job, but is this is the Sixers really best situation for Sam to go into? Or would it be better for him to go to a rebuilding team like, say, the Pistons, who have an opening this year? Yeah, I think your point about it being a rebuilding team might be a better fit for him just because he gets to implement his own scheme. He gets to, like, start with the players and develop them in this league, especially, like you said, the Pistons. Like, they have players who are a year, two, three years in that he could help form and shape. So I think that's probably a better situation for him. How about you? I, I think so, too. Look, I mean, like, I would love Sam Cassell as our head coach. He's really good at development. We've seen what he's done with Maxi, But he is a developmental coach, and developmental uh, assistants usually do best on rebuilding teams. Like, if he comes into the Sixers, he has really high expectations to hit the ground running. And that's yep. hard to, to uh, for that for a first-time head coach to do. I mean, look at all the scrutiny Joe Missoula is getting and, like, what Ime Udoka went through last year. Uh, like unless you unless you're will hardy for some reason he gets a pass on everything but like you know, <laughs> um but no my my point in general is yeah i think sam probably i mean maybe he could stay on with the new coaching staff but i mean i don't feel like doc rivers is going to get a head coaching job next year and I, maybe he deserves a break i mean he's been doing it for the past 20 years but 
think about this. Sam Cassell's in his like early fifties, and he hasn't gotten a shot yet. I remember Is he that old. Hang on, let me look up the exact age because I remember oh, him retiring with the Celtics after their championship when he was like thirty-seven. I mean, like thirty-eight. Hang on, Sam. So he's fifty-three. Is he really fifty-three? Yeah. Wow, man, that's crazy. Ain't that something? Yeah. No. So yeah, Sam. Sam he has paid his dues. Like I said uh, last podcast, he. He started out assistant coaching with Randy Whitman before he joined Doc with the uh, Clippers and been with Doc ever since. But yeah, no, I think I think he deserves a shot. I, I think a rebuilding team would be a better shot for him. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen with the Sixers coaching? I mean, I thought I would have obviously preferred, I think, most people to kind of find out who it would be, but Daryl seems like he really is going to take his time with this one. I, I think the best uh, option, just to say this again, outside of Cassell, would probably be Nick Nurse. Yeah, I know you had Nurse and I had Monty Williams. Um, but, yeah, I, I, only time will tell. I'm sure they're getting all the interviews in. But while the Sixers are in a coaching search, there is still basketball being played. So the Denver Nuggets last night went up on the Lakers 3-0 in the Western Conference Finals, and they are – balling. I mean, Jokic is playing incredible. Murray's playing like he did in the bubble. I think people call bubble Murray, like, I think that's a little unfair. He got hurt after the bubble, and now he's just kind of getting back to being who he was. I think this is really the real Murray. But with this series, you can take uh, talk about the series in general as well, but I think it's important to talk about Jokic, obviously, with the Jokic and beat MVP debate. So if Jokic gets to the finals this year, do you think that means he's solidified himself as the best center in the NBA over Embiid? Oh, gosh. I know Chris probably is kicking himself wishing that he was <laughs> for this episode. Um, yep. uh, before I answer that question, let me go back to the Murray thing real quick. Jonathan, I don't know if you knew this, but I had ACL reconstruction surgery when I was in college. And uh, I... I'll tell you what, I've never felt the same. But, of course, then again, I put on some poundage since uh, high school. So there's there's that when I got the injury. Um, but, look, most players, it takes about two years to feel right. And it's about the, it's been a little bit over the two-year mark for Murray. So not too surprising that he's starting to ball out now. And, you know, there are players that we see that can elevate their games during the playoffs, a.k.a. James Butler who we'll talk about here shortly. Um, but yeah, no, I think, you know, Jamal, if he plays like this during the regular season, he'll get an all-star uh, nod. I think, you know, the voters want to make another nugget an all-star besides uh, Jokic. Uh, but getting back to Jokic here, Jonathan, you know I'm a big Sixers fan, and I don't say this with, like, an easy context, but winning does matter. And the fact that Joel melted and Jokic has been putting up Wilt numbers, like he's passed Wilt in all-time uh, triple-doubles in the playoffs now, or just triple-doubles in general. I can't remember the exact stat. Plus, his team is one win away from getting to the conference finals against uh, Legend and LeBron James and beating Kevin Durant as well. I, I think you got yeah. it. Like, and, uh, Joel has to prove it in the playoffs now. Like, he has to prove the playoffs. Yep. Like, regular season. You're speaking to the crier. Look, you put up 48 against him in the playoffs and you uh, regular season. You won. Congratulations. That's great. I was really happy for you then. But you can't let 
a three two series, you gotta clinch that, Joel. That's on you. And until you do, I I gotta say right now, unless Jokic really chokes either in the conference finals or NBA finals, I just don't see it. I I gotta say Jokic, and it sucks because I want to say Joel, but I gotta be impartial here. And I if, I, if you're listening, I don't want to get a message from you la- later about this. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I mean. As I was saying before, like, I see the criticism with Embiid, especially not being able to get out of the conference semis. Like, if you really are the best player in the world, like, you should be able to do it. And and Embiid using that against uh, Jokic uh, earlier this year when they said something like, do you feel pressure on yourself to win a championship? And he was like, there's people who have multiple MVPs who haven't gotten, like, to the NBA Finals either. Like, direct shot at Jokic. And and. Mm-hmm. Jokic is playing like the best player in basketball right now. And yeah, I think if he does get to the finals and makes that happen, that unfortunately we probably will have to admit that. Yeah, I think so too. But let's talk about the series a little bit more in general. Do you feel like this is the official decline of LeBron or do you think he's just playing through injury and he'll come back next year? Nah, I think he's fine. I heard, I mean, they were talking about it on ESPN, like he should have had surgery for, um, yeah. So he, he is, I mean, he had like a triple-double the other night, and he's playing incredible. Like, game one, he was getting buckets at the end when they needed him. I know he's shooting awful from three. Like, that's just, like, well-known. I think he's shooting 5% from three in the fourth quarter, and he has, like, he's shot, like, one of 20, which is absurd. But everything else, like, he still can do it. He can still do it. He's still a top-ten player. I just think that the Nuggets are the better team, and, and I don't really think this has to do with uh, the decline of – LeBron, I, I don't. Do you agree? Disagree? I mean, look, if LeBron was healthy, I don't think they'd be down 3-0. Do I think they'd be winning the series? I don't know, but I know a healthy LeBron would have been able to carry this team better than what he has. And like, look, he is 38. He he should have gotten surgery on that foot, like you said. So I, I'm not going to say that he's declined. I need to see him healthy next year. But I mean, look, when MJ, well, how old was MJ when he went to the Wizards? When he was like what, like? How old was he? Uh, late 30s. Like 30s. He played early 40s, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere around there. Like, you know, and he was still putting up all-star level numbers. Like, look, LeBron's going to be able to put up numbers for a long time. And LeBron yeah. is not just a scorer. He's always said he's a passer. He's a pass-first player. So, like, if he's only averaging, like, 23 points a game and still getting you, like, 8 to 10 rebounds and, like, 6 or 7 assists, like, that's still... That would still put you if you have if he averaged that for his career, that would still put him in the Hall of Fame easily. But the thing is, is that this Laker team, like Anthony Davis, is doing what he can, but he's you know, he's against a really good center. And on top of that, their role players who have been showing up for the most part haven't been showing up outside of Austin Reeves. So you you need you need LeBron to do more, and quite, quite frankly, he just can't right now. Yeah, Lucas, so, I had an uh, interesting conversation with some of my friends recently. We were debating how long do you think LeBron could play in the NBA, like, as the 12th man on a bench, like, rarely seen time. Like, how old do you think he could be and still make an active NBA roster? I mean, probably. I mean, let me just – I don't know if you heard this, but do you, did you know in 1982, I think, it was in either late 70s or early 80s, 
Will Chamber, the uh, the New Jersey Nets at the time, or New York Nets, I forget where they were, but the Nets called Will Chamberlain asking if he wanted to be on the team when he was 50. Yeah. Because he was that dominant. Do I think that, Jay, uh, you know, could, could LeBron James be like a Udonis Haslam type of guy where he's not really getting many minutes, but he could be the 12th guy? Sure, any team would want a guy like LeBron doing that. Will he want to do that? No. No, but he won't. But I was going to say 50. I was going to say 50 as well. I, I think 50, like, if he, it, I think if his game, if he can take on new roles like uh, Vince Carter did, you remember Vince. All, oh, uh, yeah. You know, slowly, you know, was all all NBA type guy with the Raptors and Nets. Then he went to Orlando, kind of like a borderline all-star with Orlando and Phoenix, and then became a sixth man. And then just kind of became a role player off the bench. Like, and yeah, uh, for Atlanta. Nine. Yeah. Uh, finished his uh did he finish with the, yeah, the Atlanta. So like he could do it. I think LeBron could do that. Sure. He could do that until like maybe 45, 40, maybe 50. I'm thinking more like yeah. maybe 45, 46 though. I think yeah. to, I don't think a 12th player guy, but I could see him playing until he's like 45. Sure. I could, I could see that where he could be still uh, contributing on a, a winning team. Sure. Um, he would probably have to switch positions to like a point like he would have to, he'd have to run a second unit. I think at that point, I don't think he could be in a starting at five because he would just, but I think it's possible. Sure. Um, And I guess, you know, this series will kind of dictate what the Lakers do this off season. Do they keep their depth or go after Kyrie? I don't know. I I think, I think they should keep their depth because I like the pieces. But, I mean, you need a guy. Look, AD's not going to be able to win you every game. LeBron just can't, you know, you need a third star to carry you. Like, Kyrie, I don't know. Because I don't think D'Angelo Russell's it. But, you know. Yeah, I think I think LeBron's got to figure out something if he wants to try and get that fifth rank. I don't think he's getting it. I think the window's closed. At yeah. least the Lakers. I well, think have to well, pay, take, a, take a pay cut. Or the Spurs are going to be like maybe 10th, 12th pick next year. And maybe they'll draft Bronny and then LeBron goes there. And you got Bronny, Braun, and Victor Wembanyama. Don't forget about Greg Pop. I think LeBron would love to play for Pop. Absolutely. He absolutely would. He has so much respect for Pop. Um, yeah, he really does. I that would be interesting. And they do have a really nice supporting cast. They got two really good wings and Johnson and Vassell. Trey Jones is a solid point guard. Um they, like I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, look, the Lakers have a lot of choices. And this would by by the way, I saw this on in uh I think it was Instagram the other day, because we were talking about the Nuggets. You know Jokic wears 15, right? Yeah. You know who also used to wear 15 for the Nuggets? No. Carmelo. Carmelo. Yeah. That means 15 is going to get retired and it's not going to be for Melo. Isn't that crazy? And I saw another player on that list, too. You know how Giannis wears 34 for the Bucks? You know who also used to wear 34 for the Bucks? Kareem. Nope. Ray Allen. Oh, you're right. Wow. So they have his number retired either. Ray's not going to get his. 
And it's not because they weren't great. It's just that Giannis and Jokic. Yeah. I thought they should have had their numbers retired before they got a chance to get pick those numbers. But, you know, okay. I see what you yeah. got. I see what those franchises did. But anyway, um, there was one more thing that I wanted to mention that I saw the other day regarding this. And I can't remember for the life of me now what it is. Anyway, we, we can go to the next uh, series. Yeah. So last uh, Eastern Conference series now, we have the Heat won two games on the road, went up 2-0 on the Boston Celtics. Celtics looked rough at home, and now Miami is leading Boston 17-16 in Game 3 in the first quarter. And, uh, yeah, I mean, is is this Heat team for real? And are you rooting for James Butler and the Heat, or are you against that because we had him at one point? <sighs> Look, outside of Bill Russell, I I hate Boston. So, of course, I'm going to be rooting for the Heat. Um, Do I think we could have beat the Heat? Absolutely. But at the same time, um, James Butler is the real deal. Um, And I'm rooting for him. Look, I, I saw a fan conspiracy, and this is just a conspiracy. I'm not trying to aggregate anything or anything. Please don't aggregate me either, guys. But I saw like one of those like fan theories where J- Jimmy Butler is like the illegitimate son of uh, uh, Michael Jordan because apparently <laughs> was in Houston in '89 around the time that James would have been conceived and like the way that they play and all that stuff. I don't obviously that's not true, but in terms of like how Jimmy approaches the playoffs, he there is Jordan esque qualities there that you really can't ignore and. I mean, look, Jimmy, he, before Kawhi's, like, slew of injuries, it was Kawhi who was the most dangerous guy in the playoffs. But now it's Jimmy Butler. And as long as he's healthy, Jimmy Butler, and even if he's not healthy, Jimmy Butler is a guy in the playoffs that you don't want to mess with. And this series, by the way, is showing the gap and, like, how freaking good Eric Spolstra is as a head coach. There it is. That's your boy. That's Eric Spolstra. I will beat this drum until it happens. Eric Spolstra needs to win Coach of the Year. Miami just forced Boston to take a timeout after a transition three from uh, Max Strose. They're up 21 to 16 now. We're recording during the game, guys. Look, there has never been a team in the East, in the conference, in either conference finals that have won the finals after going down 0-2. So, I think it's, I think if history prevails, the Heat are going to win. And then, Jonathan, we're going to get a Heat and Nuggets, uh, you know, NBA finals. That would be awful for ratings, right? Because the NBA wants LA Boston. Well, that's not going to happen. I'm sorry. It's not. No, I know. You're right. I agree. I I think. Look now, if that happens, Jonathan, who do you, who are you picking? I'm picking the Nuggets. I'm riding with the Nuggets. I know that everyone's picked against the Heat every round, and they shouldn't have been able to beat the one, the four, the two. If they do do this, like, but at the end of the day, the Nuggets are the most complete team. They look unstoppable. Like, I I think this is their year. What about you? 
That's a tough one. But I'm look, the Nuggets have never been to the finals. The Heat has a coach that's been to five. They have a guy that's won it all, two guys that have won it, and both um who is it? Kyle Lowry. Love and love. Right? The Nuggets don't have a yeah. veteran like that. At least I don't think so. They have Jeff Green who lost it with LeBron and against LeBron. No, I said no. LeBron was he wasn't on that Thunder team. Never mind. Um, but you know he's he's lost the NBA Finals. Um, so I look. It's not usually wise to bet against Jimmy Butler, and the only guy that beat Jimmy Butler in the playoffs when he's like been full Jimmy was still prime LeBron James. And you could argue that for most of that series, Jimmy outplayed LeBron. I think Jimmy is like, I think, I think Jimmy is one of the only players to have a a winning record against LeBron. And that, yeah, maybe wrong, but I I think that's true. Uh, You might, you would, I, I would love to get more research. We'll have to check that out next time. But like, I can't, I look, I get what you're saying. The Nuggets are the deeper team, but guess what? The Bucks were supposed to have a deeper team. The Knicks were supposed to have a deeper team. The Celtics were supposed to have a deeper team. And I get that, like, the Nuggets clearly have Jokic, and that's going to be a problem for Bam. But at the end of the day, I... Until somebody proves me wrong, I feel like I'm betting on Jimmy and the Heat. And first that's off... That's fair. And I, I think Jimmy deserves an NBA championship. I think he deserves a look. Jimmy getting a championship would feel more important to me than Jokic getting it. I agree. I do. And I think Denver, like Miami's been in the conference finals three of the last four years. And there's a couple things I want to say. So uh, I was listening to ESPN the other day and they were saying like, it would, you'd expect it to be a player when they ask this question. They're like, who is the biggest mismatch? in the NBA conference finals that's left. And I Joe forget who it was. But... Uh, Joe Mazzula, and uh, let me guess. I don't know who said it, but I'm going to guess it's Joe Mazzula versus Eric Spolstra. Yeah, I, I don't know who said it either. I think it was either Mad Dog or J.J. Redick. But yeah, that's what it was. And, and I couldn't agree more. I hadn't even thought of it like that. And I was like, that is so true. Like that off the court is like, that is, Eric Spolstra can coach circles around Joe Mazzula. Um, and yeah, the other thing I did find Jimmy Butler is 22 and 21 against LeBron James. He's 17 and nine in the regular season and five and 12 in the playoffs. So LeBron turns it up in the playoffs, but Jimmy Butler does have a winning record versus LeBron. That is impressive. I wonder what players do have, you know, another conversation for another time, but yeah, no, look, I mean, Jimmy has, has a real shot here and look, I think this is the heat's last real chance with Jimmy. Like the Nuggets yeah. have other chances. They they have a young core. I'm not worried about if they lose, they they have a chance of coming back. I don't know if this Heat team could another make another run as presently constructed. Wow, Tatum just kicked Bam in the back of the head. Did you see that? No, I missed it. I think it was on accident, but he yeah. Oh yeah, he kicked him square in the back of the head. That's a flagrant. They're gonna give a flagrant, probably. Did you see? They always do. Yeah, I saw the reply. Is that a flagrant? I think that's just a flagrant one. I don't think it was intentional. Yeah, it's probably a flagrant one, but I don't even think it should be a flagrant. I think, again, flagrant ones are are handed out. 
They're not even going to check it. Will they check yeah. James' flailing? I'm sorry. I'm getting off topic. No, it's <laughs> ridiculous. But no, you're right. I uh, Yeah, I, I agree. I think this conference finals is extremely interesting. Jimmy is showing he's the man so far. So I'm, I'm excited, actually. I mean, it's tough to be excited to watch basketball without the Sixers. But here we are doing it. For sure. And, uh, yeah, we uh, appreciate everyone listening to the podcast as the Sixers are no longer in it. We uh, Our written work, you can find it over at thesixersense.com. We're on Facebook and Twitter at the Sixer Sense. And let us know if there's anything you want to hear us talk about, how things are going. Uh, and until next time, go Sixers. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.